If you have your Bible today, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We'll be at verse 18 today. I'm uh, continuing our little mini-series we had for the Christmas season called God With Us. God With Us. In Matthew chapter 1, we'll begin at verse 18. If you don't have your Bible with it, you can follow along on the screen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time of celebration, celebrating the fact that you came to earth to be with us. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. A few days ago, I heard a story of a family, uh, a pastor and his wife, that spent the greater part of 2018 uh, adopting or in the process of adopting a little boy from another country. Uh, this process has been going on, I think, even, even longer than a year. They've been going through this whole process of adopting this little boy uh, in, from this foreign country. And, and so you can imagine uh, how rigorous and uh, how, how much stuff they had to go through, filling out paperwork, doing interviews, traveling to this country, traveling back and forth, and going through this whole process they've been going through this entire year of 2018. And so uh, a few weeks ago, they, they finally got word. They say, hey, everything is final. Everything is done. Everything is uh, approved. You are officially the parents of this little boy. And so you can imagine uh, the joy and excitement they had in hearing the news that they have a son now. Now, the only next step in the process was to travel to the country and go get their son to bring him home. Well, as they're preparing for their trip, uh, they get word and news that this, this country that their son is in uh, is under some political duress. They're under some, there's some political drama going on in this country. And there's some inner fighting and some civil war stuff type going on within this country. And so there's a lot of unrest happening and a lot of trouble happening in this country. So because of what was going on, they decided to, to put a stop to a halt to any uh, uh, government or international business, which included their international adoption. They said, You're, you, you won't be able to bring your son home. The government, because of all the unrest that is happening, has put a stop to everything. And so he won't be able to come home with you. And so you can imagine uh, uh, the, the, the pain and sadness of this mother and father, but they said, no, you know what? My son is over there. 
Our son is over there. We need to be with him. So they pack up their clothes and they, and they, and they make their trek and they travel and they go to this country. And they've spent the last few weeks uh, basically camping out outside of the adoption uh, of, the, of the orphanage, which this, their little boy, their son, is staying. And, and, and the mother has had to come back uh, to the States to, to handle some business and, and to be with their other children that they had. But the father has stayed there with their son. Why? Because his son is there. His son is not able to come back home with him yet. So until he comes back home to, to, to us, I'm going to be there with him. And so there he is even to this day even at this moment, and will probably spend Christmas in this country camping outside the orphanage where his son is. Now, in a perfect world, everything would be all right. The, 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 the lift would be gone, and, and, and they'd be able to bring their son home, but they can't, so their son can't come to them, so he decides to go to him. And I thought to myself, man, that is such a, 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 a beautiful a similarity to what God has done for us. It is a beautiful illustration, an example of what God has done for us. He shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, a, a theological term that is used usually to describe this text is the word incarnation. Anybody ever ever word incarnate or incarnation, right? The incarnation just simply means God became flesh. God became flesh. John chapter 1 Verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, the Word is, is, is referencing here Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. He, talking about Jesus, was with God in the beginning. So what this is saying is Jesus has always been. Jesus didn't just appear on the scene in a nativity scene. He didn't just appear on the scene being birthed uh, from Mary. No, Jesus has always been. The Bible says that he was in the beginning with God, meaning Jesus was in glory. Jesus was in glory. Jesus has always been. And so once we get that established, once we, we come to understand that, now we, we can get a better understanding of what it is that God actually did for us. Because, see, here's the thing. God and man in creation, in the beginning of creation, had a beautiful relationship. Beautiful relationship. They were, they were in, in, in such a union and harmony with one another. But man sinned, and man, because of man's sin, it caused a separation between God and man. No longer was that relationship in unity anymore. No longer was that relationship in harmony. There was a severed relationship because of sin. There was separation between God and man. But here's the thing. God was not satisfied with that. God did not like the fact that man was separated from him. God did not like the fact that sin had stepped in, 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 in the way between God and man. He didn't like that. He wasn't satisfied with this. So God orchestrated a plan. And God knew that the only way 
that man could be brought back in relationship with God again. The only way that man could be reconciled with God, with God again was through a, a perfect blood sacrifice, to sacrifice for sin. And so he orchestrates this plan. And if we go down uh, to verse 14 uh, uh, in chapter 1, John 1, 14, it says, the word became flesh, talking about Jesus. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And so God becomes flesh. Jesus becomes flesh. Why? He's coming to this earth to live a, 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 a perfectly sinless life, to ultimately become the perfect blood sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice for sin so that man and God can be back together again. So Jesus comes to this earth. He's born of a, of a, of a teenage mother, a virgin teenage mother named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph. That alone uh, has some room for some scandal, right? A virgin teenage mother is pregnant, and she's not even married to her, to Joseph, and so he's coming into this situation. Jesus is coming in. God, the king, is coming into this situation. Not only that, he, he isn't born in a, in a palace that is fit for a king. He, he's born in a, in, a, in a barn with animals. And then he's born and he's, 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 he becomes a human. He becomes flesh and he becomes to live amongst us. And, and as he begins his ministry, he, he has a, an incredible ministry, but it is, a, it is a ministry that is always questioned. It is a ministry that, uh, that is always criticized. It is a ministry that is always ridiculed. People were questioning his motives. They didn't like him. They did everything they could to, to shut him up. So this is, this is the life that Jesus was subjected to. This is God. This is Jesus coming in the flesh. This is what he subjected himself to. And then to top it all off, Jesus, God, this king, would allow himself to be arrested, falsely accused, to eventually die on a cross. Again, to be the ultimate blood sacrifice for you and I. God with us. God with us. Jesus with us. Emmanuel. So what does that mean? Because I don't want us to go into Tuesday morning. I don't want us to go into Christmas uh, uh, not understanding and not feeling the depth of what that really means for you and I. Because the truth of the matter is we could go through this holiday season and not once think about Jesus. That's just the truth. That's the reality. We could go through all the festivities, we can go to all the parties, we can open up all the presents, we can have all the celebrations, have all the lights, have all the songs, have all of that, and not once think about Jesus. And so I don't want us going into this Christmas season, I don't want us celebrating Christmas, not understanding the depth of what it really means to have God with us. 
And so two things really quick, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done, and we're going to proceed with the service here. But two things I want us to think about in reference to God being with us. What does that really mean for us? What is the depth of that? What is the weight of that as we begin to celebrate this Tuesday? What is it we need to think about in regards to God being with us? Well, two truths, really quick. Two truths in relation to God being with us. Number one, for God to be with us, we must know this, that God loves us. He loves us. God would not go through all that he went through for somebody he did not love. He would not subject himself to all of that mess and all of that turmoil and all of that junk for somebody he does not love. God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. That's why he came to earth, because he loves you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, but because of his great love for us, not just any love, but his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It was because of his great love for us that he subjected himself to live amongst humanity. It was because of his great love for us that he subjected himself to a cross to die for us. First John chapter 4, verse 10 says, this is love. Have you ever had a question of what love is? It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for whose sin? Our sin. God with us. God with us. God loves us. God is with us because God loves us. The second truth that we need to understand and come to the realization of as we celebrate this Christmas, not only does God love us, but God is for us. He is for us. Do you know what it means to have somebody that is for you? Like, let, let, let's, let's examine this for a moment. To have somebody that's for you. Because see, if God is for you, what that means is he's not against you. He's not against you. In fact, let's just, let's just read it here. Romans 8, 31 says, what then shall we say in response to these things? So, so all this stuff you've been hearing about what God came to do for us, what shall we say then to all of these things? It said, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. What is he saying? He who gave the best of the best of the best for us. He who's already given his best to us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him graciously give us? Yeah, how, how will he not also along with him graciously give, graciously give us all things? He is for us. He is for you. He's not against you. And, and, and unfortunately, this morning, there may be some of you in here today who have bought into the idea or really bought into the lie that all the bad stuff that is going on in your life, all the trouble, all the drama that is happening in your life, in your life is something God is causing because he is against you. You think all the stuff that you're going through right now is because God is mad at you. Erase the lie. 
Erase the lie. Erase that thought because God is for you. He is for you. I was watching uh, uh, an Instagram video about two or three months ago, and it was a really cool uh, uh, video because it, 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 it showed this little boy who was playing flag football for the very first time. He was probably about six or seven years old. I don't even remember his age. And so obviously his parents are extremely excited for him. This is his first time playing any sport. He's not really that athletic of a kid, and so they, they got him in flag football, and so they're kind of documenting his time in flag football. And so uh, uh, in this Instagram video, uh, it shows him he's, it's, it's a kickoff, and so the ball is being tossed in the air, and, and the little boy, the seven-year-old boy, he catches it. And so they're like, run, run, run. So the little boy takes off running with the football, and he's dodging tackles too. Like they're trying, to, they're trying to get him and trying to grab his flag and he's dodging people and juking people and he starts running and he's running down the sideline and there goes his dad and the mom is catching this all on, on, on Instagram live. The dad is running down the sideline going, go, 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 go. And while the dad is running on the sideline, he's knocking down parents and he's jumping over people, knocking stuff over. He's like, go, because he doesn't care. Nothing is going to stand in his way of cheering on his son. And eventually his son gets to the end zone, touchdown, and the dad is jumping up and cheering like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, that's how God is with us. We're, we're, we're living life and we're going through life and, and we're, we're dodging obstacles and going through obstacles. And God is there running with us saying, go, 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 Chris. You can do it, Chris. I'm for you. I'm cheering you on. That's the God that is with us, is the God that is for us. He's our cheering section. And that's why celebrating Christmas is so important. Because it's set to remind us of how good God has been to us. And that he gave us his best. He gave us Jesus. If God is for you, who or what can be against you? When you know you have him at your back, when you know you have him cheering you on and for you, there is nothing like it. It's nothing like it. I recall a time, and I've shared the story one time before. My dad may remember it. Some years ago, uh, you know, just was involved with some people that just were just not right. Just involved with people who just weren't, just, just a lot of things going on in their lives. And, and, and I was involved with these people. And one day, uh, this person came up to me and came up and threatened me. He came and threatened me just for some things that were going on. And, uh, and he came up and he threatened me and, and he came up to where I was working at and he came up and just started threatening me and saying he's going to shoot me, saying he's going to hit me, whatever. He was just coming at me pretty hard. Well, just so for whatever reason, my dad happened to be driving up when this person came to threaten me. And so I'm here I am trying to dissolve the situation and, and trying to calm it down. But the, the dude, he's, I, he's probably drunk and he's just, he's coming at me. And, 
and, and, and there, well, my dad walks up, happens to walk up at the same time this guy is threatening me. And my dad doesn't know all that's going on, but he comes up onto the situation and he kind of just stands there to kind of listen to what's happening. And here this guy is threatening me, threatening me, threatening me. And the, the first words that come out of my dad's mouth is, hey, don't you threaten my son. Something happened there. He said, don't, you don't threaten my son. And when I heard those words, it was like everything in that moment settled down for me. All the nervousness and things that I had at that moment of what was going to happen to me all stopped. Why? Because my dad was for me. And all I needed to hear him say was, don't threaten my son. And I'm here to tell you this morning, do you have a God that is standing right there with you Seeing and listening to all that life is throwing at you, to all that the enemy is throwing and coming at your way with. And he's standing there, and I hope you're listening, because he's saying, don't threaten my son. Don't threaten my daughter. I am with him. I am for him. Why? Because I love him. That's what this is all about. That's what Christmas is. Don't get sidetracked and don't get so distracted that you don't stop and think about what this whole celebration is for. I love Christmas just like anybody else. I love the lights. I love the music. I love it all. I love the movies. I, I'll do it all. I like it. I really, really do. But I don't ever want that to be a distraction to me as to what this is really for. And I pray that it doesn't become a distraction to you of what this is really for. And so here's my challenge to you this morning. Many of you already have traditions and things that you do for Christmas. Whether you celebrate Christmas Eve at midnight, whether you wake up early Tuesday morning, whatever, however you do that, you have traditions and things that you do with your family or your friends or whenever you gather. But I want to challenge you this year if you don't have this a part of your tradition. I want to challenge you that before you do anything else on Christmas Day, before you open presents, before you celebrate, before you do anything else celebratory with your family or friends, I want you to find time to get everybody's attention. And for some of you, this may be difficult because you don't like being the center of attention. But say, hey, I feel like it's right for us to do this at this time. Can you just give me a few minutes? And I want you to open your Bible up. And I want you to go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And I want you to begin to read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Just read the Christmas story uh, to your family. Just read the Christmas story to uh, your friends. Just, just gather them around and begin to read it. And, and then after you read it, just begin to pray and thank God for Jesus. It will take you all but five minutes. But I want to encourage you to begin to include this as part of your tradition if it's not already. Don't let Christmas pass without thinking 
about all that Jesus has done for you. Luke chapter 2. In fact, you know, we're going to read it here in a moment, but I, you know what? I don't want to be the one to read it. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this to one of the great theologians of our time, Linus. Let's go ahead. I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And that's what Christmas is all about. Amen. You can, keep the, you can keep the lights off. If a cartoon can show us and reveal to us what Christmas is all about, then we who have truly received salvation and have truly received the greatest gift ever given to mankind, then we can talk about it too. And so I want to encourage you today, include that as part of your tradition this week. If you've never done that before, just make it a first. Just make it a first. Just begin to open the text up and just begin to read it. We're not asking you to preach a sermon. But let's just get our focus right. And let's get our attention on the one who truly matters. And that's Jesus.